Grace, peace, and mercy is yours from the triune God. Amen. Amen. Two and a half years ago, this congregation was uh, lost the space that we were in, and I felt we'd been thrown under the bus by people who were supposed to have our back. It wasn't right to me, and on principle, I was not about to drop my fists. I was on the phone one day with my friend Sarah, going off on a full-on Nadia-style rant, detailing all of this. When finally Sarah said to me, Nadia, you are actually right about all of it, I thought to myself, thank you, exactly, that is why I'm fighting. <laughs> Except then, without skipping a beat, she added, you're right about all of it, and it doesn't matter. Wait, what? Are you kidding me? If you're right about something, then what else can matter? That was before I realized all the ways in which I had participated in creating the situation we found ourselves in. But I tell you this story because knowing that our reading for today, for Reign of Christ Sunday, was going to be the crucifixion text, I've been obsessed all week with the fact that three times in this text, during his crucifixion, people said to Jesus, save yourself. Seriously, Jesus, you healed the sick, and you raised the dead, and you performed wonders and miracles, so we know you have it in you. For God's sake, man, save yourself. If you're the Son of God, if you're the Messiah, then why on earth are you allowing yourself to be humiliated like this? Make it stop. You're embarrassing us. And why are you being such a loser anyway? See, we humans tend to be obsessed with winners and losers insiders and outsiders, good people and bad people. And we can only win if someone else loses. This is the game. Some win, some lose. It's everywhere. I know this is a little pop psychology-y, but I think that this winner-loser game is somehow linked to our own fear of death and loss and fear that we are not loved. So we fight and we compete and argue based on principle. Or we send passive-aggressive emails when we feel wronged. Or we talk trash about someone who has hurt us. All of which I have either done or considered doing in just this past week alone. But none of which will ever fend off loss or convince me I'm worth anything in the ways I think they will in the moment which is where Jesus enters the story, annoyingly. Jesus shows us that the strong at the expense of weak, rich at the expense of poor, good at the expense of bad ways of being together debases everyone involved. The bully is as dehumanized by bullying as the victim. In our win-lose way of understanding things, it would have made a lot more sense for Jesus to have come and been a superhero, kicking ass and taking names, showing everyone how strong God is by winning at our game. But instead, at the cross, we see that Jesus came and showed us how strong God is by voluntarily losing at our game. No wonder people kept yelling, save yourself. If you are God, then have some self-respect because that's what we would do. But that's the thing about God. God doesn't seem nearly as interested in self-preservation as we are. God isn't self-preserving. God is by nature self-giving. Not in the way that keeps abused women abused, but 
in the way that loves the abused and the abuser, which is to say, God is self-giving in ways that don't seem to make a lot of sense to our ideas of win, lose, right, wrong, insider, outsider. And that's the reign of Christ. He'd been trying to tell us this the whole time by having a mom without status and there being no room in the inn for his birth and by gathering around him not a team of all-stars, but a motley crew of losers, and then pissing them off by insisting on eating with the winners anyway. He tried to teach us maddening things, things that destabilize our systems of trying to get over on people by saying that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. If you want to find your life, then lose it. The greatest among you must become servants. If someone slaps you, offer them the other cheek as well. If someone asks for your coat, give them your shirt too. Why? Because like being right about everything, it doesn't matter. All of this losing can happen, and we will still be okay. None of this losing matters, because the source of our worth The source of our dignity, the source of our lovability does not lie in the one who is, it does not lie in the who is right and who is wrong, who is good, who is bad, who wins, who loses game. Our worth, dignity, and lovability lies in Genesis 1.26 and our having been created in the very image of God. I think this imago Dei, this image of God, creates in us a longing for what is real and beautiful and redemptive. And even as we are drawn to self-preservation in the game of winners and losers, there is something in us that always knows it's a lie. I think this is why, despite the countless stories of revenge that could be told, that the story from 2006 from the shooting at an Amish school continues to be told to this day, continues to pull at that place inside all of us, the Imago Dei, the reign of Christ, kingdom of heaven place that longs for the gospel. On October 2nd, 2006, Charles Roberts walked into a one-room Amish schoolhouse and shot 10 young girls before taking his life. And the response of the Amish community was not one of self-preservation, saving themselves, revenge, or winning in any way. The response was one of pure gospel. And this is why it is still told to this day. We recognize the real thing when we see it. The Amish community members affected by the shooting offered forgiveness. They refused to hate. Instead, they visited and comforted the shooter's widow. Reportedly, one Amish man held the shooter's sobbing father in his arms for as long as an hour to comfort him. I may feed my desire to be right, to get over on others, to make people who have harmed me pay for what they've done by narcotically consuming movies, TV shows, and video games that indulge my revenge fantasies but it's an empty high, and then I crash. But the reign of Christ is significantly quieter than a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Jesus of Nazareth kept saying, the kingdom of God is like things that are hidden and small and easily missed. 
He also said that the kingdom of God is within you. Quiet, hidden, small, easily missed, but unmistakably there. There within the image of God from which you were created is the kingdom of heaven wanting to be known, wanting to be expressed, wanting to be lived and absolutely lighting up when it hears the real thing. Within it is your beauty, your value, your dignity. And it has absolutely nothing to do with being right or making your point or saving yourself or winning or losing. Catholic theologian James Allison puts it this way. He claims that at the cross, it's as if God is saying to us, I'll occupy that space of loserdom to show you that I'm not out to get you, that I really do like you, that you need no longer engage in that awful business of making yourselves good over and against or by comparison with each other. Instead, you can relax about being good. And as you relax, you'll find yourselves becoming something much better, much richer in humanity than you can possibly imagine. And I have to believe that the image of God within us, that source of our worth and dignity and lovability from where our longing for truth and beauty comes, is nourished and honored every time we come here and once again hear that we are loved like crazy by this crucified God who doesn't mind losing. Last week, one of you who was raised in an abusive home with a fairly crazy mother wrote me an email to say that something in you had changed as a result of two years of hearing in this church of the unconditional love and grace of a God who wants to be known. Your mom had, had posted something on Facebook, uh, something a little crazy to you about her life, and had said that strangely she feels God's presence and love right now. And you told me that for years you tried to be a good Christian and make yourself love and forgive your mother. But inevitably, in the past, you would have rolled your eyes at something like this and resented what your mother had written, and you would have tried to make a point about how insane she is. But instead, and before you even realized what was happening, your very first thought this week when you read it was, of course God is present too and loving her. That's who God is. You had begun to relax and believe it so much for yourself that you even believed it for your abusing mother. This, brothers and sisters, this, this is the reign of Christ. It is within you, and the true source of your dignity and worth and lovability, and nothing else matters. Not really. So relax about being good and find yourselves becoming something much richer, much richer in humanity than you can possibly imagine. Amen. <laughs>